What's going on, guys? Zach, the Rusty Malicious Podcast here, and welcome to episode 188 of the YLP Podcast. So glad to have you guys here with me on this Monday after WrestleMania, and I hope you've been enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast, and as always... I greatly and truly appreciate it. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Monday after WrestleMania. WrestleMania is now officially come and gone, and today begins the so-called new year for WWE. Before I even continue on, anything I'm taking something nice. We'll talk. Go back get some water your stuff. Um, so before we get into the festivities of the good, the bad, and the ugly that was WrestleMania 36, I know that today I was supposed to have a very, very special guest, um, Kevin Obarski, former member of the Wrestling Edition Podcast, one of my co-hosts, um, unfortunately had an unfortunate circumstance um, fall onto his lap. Um, I hit him up yesterday to see if he was still down to um, do this show with me, and uh, told me to look on the Facebook post, and I saw what I needed to see, and, um, yeah, sad to say, unfortunately, due to this unfortunate circumstance, Kevin will not be joining me, and I will not go into the whole situation any further, because that is a personal matter, um, that I don't necessarily really get into, and I respect, respect the privacy of Kevin, as he is a very good friend of mine, um, and I want to send this out to him and dedicate this show to him, um, today. Kevin, you are my thoughts, my dude. Um, take care of what you need to take care of. Take care of home. Make sure the boys are all right. Um, and, you know, take care of that. Your family is more important than, you know, an episode of the YLV podcast. I will say that wholeheartedly, 100%. There are a lot bigger things in this world going on than this episode of the podcast. Real shit. You know it. I know it. So to Kevin, I am dedicating this show to you, my friend. And... Hopefully you do get a chance to listen to it and at least let this be a distraction for you, like WrestleMania 36 was to the rest of us. Um, yeah, this one's for you, Kev. All right, so WrestleMania 36 has now come and gone. It happened. <laughs> we saw things, some good, some bad. And of course, every WrestleMania, at least for the last couple of ones that I've seen, there have been a solid amount of ugly. And I think you kind of may have an idea of what I'll be talking about when we get to the ugly portion of today's episode. Of course, of course I'm just delaying the inevitable. And of course, shameless plugs. Please go to peace. Of course, do check out my previous episodes of the podcast, of course. Um, from last week, and of, uh, my, how WWE should have booked WrestleMania 36, I believe this is still a free Patreon exclusive, um, from what I know, um, go check that out, um, compare it to this year's WrestleMania, and let me know what you think, <laughs> but that's, we'll get to that point, uh, when I feel but yes, there was some good that came out of WrestleMania 36, um, there was no, there's, of course, there's a good amount of bad. 
but there was some good that came out of this, alright, um, yes, I understand that, you know, with what's going on right now in the world, oh, excuse me, um, you know, this may provide a good distraction for us, and the most important thing we need to take away from WrestleMania 36, and I wrote this literally the first thing I wrote um, on my sheet of paper that I have here, WWE was able to provi- provide a distraction for all of us to watch for six and a half hours over two days. Yes, with the coronavirus thing going on in the world right now, um, at least this was a distraction. I saw a lot of tweets on that, you know, make sure, you know, don't criticize the show. Um Hey, YLP podcast here. Um, still going to criticize the form. Um, but at least, you know, with everything that's going on with all the nonsense and, of course, the mainstream, me- the lamestream media, um, you know, with its fear monitoring tactics and such and all that bullshit and people buying toilet paper to the point where it's going to go up your ass cheeks and out your fucking nose. Um, this did provide a distraction for me. And... I did see a lot of positive reaction to the two to the two days that uh, WWE did for this. Um, I'm glad they did it in a two day, you know, instead of a one full on long show. I believe that both shows were like three, three and a half hours, which is thumbs up from me. Um, some of the matches were good. There were some good things. There was, like I said, there were some good things that came out of this. Um, but the fact that it could provide us that distraction um, was a big deal. And I think in that aspect for Vince McMahon, I think he understood what the situation was. And he still want in, in this aspect, you know, Vince still understood that, you know, the show must go on. And of course, everybody was talking about postponement, cancellation, super, you know, we, we talked about all the news. We talked about this, you and I. Um, but at least, you know, at least for a a few hours, we could sit in our couches, socially distancing properly, and being able to watch, uh, WrestleMania, even if it wasn't the granddaddy of them all, or the showcase of the immortals, they did what they need. They felt they needed to do to make sure they put on the best show possible. And for that, we thank you. Um, seriously, this this was a good thing. Now, will that do? I think they're going to go for two days from here on out. Probably not. Um, the the under under these circumstances, um, a two day event made sense. Um, now. I said some slick shit a little while back. Didn't get me in trouble or anything, but I was, you know, with the cancellation now of the Tokyo Olympics and them, you know, bringing it back 2021, my first thought was, and I actually posted it on Twitter. So are we going to get a fall G1 climax in another two day Wrestle Kingdom or not? You know, (laughs) I don't think, I don't think WWE will go back to a two day event. I think they'll, once everything gets sorted and, 2021 is pretty much good to go um, in L.A. We're not having to worry about wearing masks and gloves and stupid shit all day. Um, Yeah, WrestleMania 37 will go on without a hitch. And we'll, you know, I'm sure, and I know WrestleMania will sell out and all that shit. 
easily. And I know you know people at, at home and in the arena are going to be going bananas for WrestleMania 37. In terms of matches, there were a lot of good matches that I liked. A lot. A lot more than I expected. And of course, with the two most talked about matches, of, that, of course, that being the Boneyard and the Firefly, Firefly Funhouse matches. Even though I may not consider the Firefly Funhouse match to be a match, knocked it right out of the damn park. They absolutely nailed both matches. Um, personally, I think the Boneyard match was better than the Firefly Fallen House match. Now, it was it was very, very unique. Um, that's why I didn't tweet at all throughout the entirety of it. And the fact... Now, before I get into the Boneyard, I want to talk about the Firefly Fallen House. Because they did thing, they did some things that I really thoroughly enjoyed. Going back all the way to John Cena's debut on the main roster in WWE. Um, pretty much uh, pretty much the same gear that he wore when he was the prototype. Um, Bray Wyatt pretty much mimicking the promo that Kurt Angle cut. And it was just, oh, that was fantastic. Then we go into Dr. Thugonomics. Um, John Cena, that was pretty cool. And, make, you know, doing rhymes and whatnot. That was fantastic. And then present day John Cena, of course, eating the pin. You know, the mandible claw. You know, eating, you know, even even the callback to when Bray was uh, the leader of the Wyatt family. That was fucking, oh my God. That was a fantastic callback. That was a brilliant callback. Going back, they were were telling a hell of a story in this matchup. If you would consider it a matchup, I don't. I just consider it, you know, an insane callback to uh, John Cena's early days and all that good shit. Um, It was, yeah, that that was a very weird yet brilliant match. Quotations, air, air quotes around uh, match. I mean, there was some action, um, but it was more so telling the story of, you know, bringing it back. And then the NWO bit, oh my God, that was, that was hilarious. And having the Vince Man puppet, you know, this is such good shit. They got, they got, I'm, I'm going to really put this out there right now. Thumbs up to the fact that they got a lot of women, a lot of cursing <laughs> that you normally wouldn't see on um, regular PG programming. But in this case for WrestleMania, why not, you know, let the swear jar be filled just a little bit. In terms of the Boneyard match, this was probably, and I'm just going to spoil it right now. This was the match of the weekend. Hands fucking down. Match of the weekend. There's a, this, this was so good. There were, I didn't even put a top three. If I had to put a top three, I would put the Boneyard match one, Firefly Funhouse thing two, because that was just fucking awesome. And then uh, the Triple Threat Ladder match three with uh, Kingston, Morrison, and uh, Jimmy Uso. That, whoo. We'll get to that in a moment. The Boneyard match just was just fucking brilliant. I read the story on it. Um, took eight hours to complete. I believe Triple H was had a definite hand in it. Um, they and the fact that not only did this like really come out was portrayed very fucking well. AJ Styles is now 
will not be forever known as a WrestleMania main eventer because he main evented and I won, and that's how it goes. Deal with it. Suck it. But Lou Gallows and Carl Anderson were also in a WrestleMania main event. Even in getting their ass whooped by The Undertaker, they can still say they were in a WrestleMania main event. A very unique WrestleMania main event that we may never see for a long time. That was, it was just absolute. Now, how, now, going back to the Firefly Funhouse match real quick, apparently that match got six stars. Um, I believe that was Meltzer. Um, I don't know if it deserved to be six stars, considering that it might not be considered a match to some. But it was definitely one of the more entertaining things of the night, entertaining segments of the show on uh last night boneyard match though i think i think boneyard the boneyard match was the best match of the whole weekend it was cinematic it told a story you know we didn't know what the fuck a boneyard match was gonna be but pretty much it was just i'm gonna dump you in a grave match type shit well goddamn oh just so y'all know in the background if you do happen to hear it if you got a really keen sense of hearing um NFL Network has decided to do uh, Red Zone replays from today until, I believe, the 22nd. So, 17 days of very, very fantastic football. If you missed the entire 19, 2019 season, um, you can catch up right now. Shameless plug. The Boneyard match just was absolutely everything we thought it would be, and they up the up the ball like raise the bar off that even more. Undertaker was supposed to win that because I even said on Twitter it was the grade was always meant for AJ. It was always meant for AJ. Why wouldn't it be meant for AJ? Because they swept it off, and you saw in the cobblestone, he lost AJ Styles. It was a very very fun match. It was a battle. It was. It had cinematic things. It, you know, had pyro, it had fire, druids, you know, badass Undertaker. It was just, oh my goodness. I was thoroughly impressed with what they did with Undertaker and Styles. Those, those are some of those things that I wish we could get more of in WWE. We need more of that now. Because we're going to start clamoring for that. Just going to put it out there. Now, getting to the triple threat ladder match. The triple threat ladder match ended up being my kind of demolition derby. This was a ladder match. Now, the reason we didn't have the uh, all uh, six man is because Miz got sick. He wasn't feeling well. And unfortunately, they could not. Uh, that was part of the reason why Roman did not want to compete uh, at WrestleMania. And part of the reason when we just had a one on one on one, just a triple threat ladder match with the tag titles. This was wow. Because we already know what Kingston can do with things, we can already know what John Morrison can do with ladders. And then you add. You know, Jimmy Uso incident, and they, all three of them, literally, simply just blew it right out of the water. 
they did a crazy amount of shit in order to um, make this a proper title match that with some spots maybe we haven't seen in quite in, in a little while. I haven't seen like some of the spots they did um, was just holy shit. The split leg, uh, split leg moonsault. That was insane. Just the amount of spots they had, like just trying to pull them out of thin air real quick. You know, I think I think it was like a Hurricane Rana. I think by uh, Kofi, the headbutt spot. The headbutt spot at the end was just well, very very creative. You know, both Kingston and uh, Jimmy headbutt John, and as he's coming down, he grabs both titles. Very, very hey, wise moving somehow. Had the wherewithal to actually grab all, grab both belts and fall to the freaking ladder and just take that bump. It was a, it was a lovely, lovely, lovely car crash of a match. And oh my god, anytime I see a ladder match, I'm thinking, don't do, don't go jury Mercury on us. Yes, yes, that is a thing. Yes, you can find it on YouTube. I believe it's uh. Might be a Money in the Bank ladder match. Yeah, YouTube that. And you're going to see what I'm talking about if they actually have it. Because I'm going to tell you this right now. It's a lot of blood. Whew. They were very wise in the decision they made. And turned what I thought was going to be a yawn match into one of my favorite matches of the weekend. As I said in my top three, it's number three. For 36. They. This is. That was chemistry. Of course you already got. Kingston and you know Jimmy. And they've already been in battle. So the chemistry is freaking kick ass. Morrison. Fit right in. Fit right in with that. My god. Just the amount of. Freaking ladder bridges they had was insane. Just that that's a ladder match to me. What could have been for the Street Profits, AOP, and War Raiders had they done a triple threat match with them for the Raw Tag Team Championship? I think that would have been an absolute barn burner of a triple threat ladder match. But for that, in this situation, they did their job. Kingston, Jimmy, and uh, John Morrison all did their job and absolutely fucking nailed it. Kevin Owens is an absolute psycho. I literally wrote that down in my notes. Kevin Owens is an absolute psycho. Man's jumped off the top of the WrestleMania sign. On the Seth Rollins. What, you act like I wasn't going to bring this thing up? Hell yeah, I was going to bring this up. Kevin Owens is an absolute psycho. And I loved every second of it. The, fe- the the really cool thing I liked about this match, not necessarily just the WrestleMania sign spot, was the fact that they had a perfect, fantastic... like The way they swerved that was, in my book, fantastic. Made you think Seth was going to walk out with a disqualification loss. Didn't win any piece of it. Somehow got goaded into... Um,
Hold on. There we go. Sorry about that. You know, that fake swerve DQ. Kevin Owens convincing, you know, Seth to come back in the ring. No DQ. You and me. And then we got that. They did a very, that was probably the better, like the best part about that match. Was the fact that they did that. It was the fact that they had the swerve. And you know, Seth Rollins didn't use, you don't learn, do you? So for that, I love this. I love the way they did it. I love the way they swerved. Kevin Owens is an absolute psycho. Gets the victory over Seth Rollins. And now we can move on um, to what I don't know. Um, and heads up, yeah, I'll be watching Raw tonight. Yay, I'm going to watch Raw and hopefully not die. Yes, as per tradition for me, um, we do discuss, we do, I don't, I probably won't discuss it. Um, I'm, I'll probably be a little live tweet. I don't know. More than likely, I will be. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> But yeah, they they this turn in. I'm gonna say this was a good match, but for what we got out of it, that I'll that I'm fine with. The end result, you know, I'll take it. I just wanted to get that out of the way real quick because that that fucking spot was fucking nuts. Good thing I don't have spots the weekend. That would just be absolute hard shit. <laughs> Drew McIntyre is finally at the top of the mountain as WWE champion. Where he rightfully deserves to be. Now, this match didn't take long. I don't know how long it was. Kind of drunk. Um, I was lit. But seeing Drew finally be the WWE champion and making it of it's now official we're all good day one feels good feels good seeing Drew finally get his get his shine on we knew with him coming back to NXT he looked different he had a different demeanor about him attitude I mean charisma was there he, charisma was on 10 now that's just on a hundo feel me Charisma on a hundo. But yeah, we knew when he was coming into NXT, he had world champion all over his ass. Written all over him. You can just see it right on his forehead. World champ. Like, bitch, right here. Bruh. Right? Bruh. Buff. Right here. Um, first technical. Now, is he? Now, I would say since he is from Scotland, he is the first Scottish world champion. Um... Some would say he is the first British world champion. Um, I would prefer Scottish. That just sounds proper, given the fact that he is, again, from Scotland. But yeah, but he had, we knew he had the look of a champion. He had, he talked like a champion, had a demeanor like a champion. It was, we, we figured it was only a matter of time before we would see him holding a top title. A couple years too late, but hey. Better late than never, I guess. Feel me? 
Now, I don't know where they will go for he- from here in terms of who, you know, opponents to put in front of McIntyre. Um, I have the strange feeling that they're gonna, we're going to get McIntyre-Lesnar 2 at SummerSlam, um, where I believe McIntyre should beat Lesnar again once and for all and let Lesnar fade into the backdrop for about a year and just do some special shit at Big Fours. Because there ain't nothing wrong with that. Coming up from NXT, winning the NXT Championship, you know, came into the scene. He wasn't, he, he stripped that 3MB shit right off. We shouldn't even be discussing 3MB from here on out. We, we shall call him world champion Drew McIntyre, WWE champion Drew McIntyre. Now, as far as I know, the Raw after Mania, I believe the Raw after Mania and the SmackDown after Mania have been already taken care of, as well as I think NXT as well, which I kind of have to watch because tomorrow is last week, this week, and we gotta discuss what happened last week. So I'll make sure I take care of that and uh, get back to you on Tuesday night for that one. It makes me happy to see that they are giving McIntyre the chance to run with the ball. Case into Ferrari. And I think he'll succeed. I think he'll do exactly what needs to be done to ensure that Drew McIntyre make sure Drew McIntyre has a damn good title reign. I think he deserves it. I think he deserves a, at least a six-month title reign. At least six months. You definitely got to get him past me, uh, SummerSlam. I would say, shit, if you wanted to, let him just hold it until next year's WrestleMania. Fuck it. Figure out a way. Get creative. You got time? I think a year long, I don't know how you would book it. I'll figure that out somehow. But why not a WrestleMania to WrestleMania title reign? Why not? I don't know when they're going to have, you know, WrestleMania 37. What exact date that's going to be. I'm assuming it would be the first one of the month. But um, yeah. Fuck it. Do a year-long title reign. Fuck it. I don't care. Go end to end with it. And just make him be dominant as fuck. Because that's what you kind of need right now. Oh, that is just unfair. I remember this game. KC destroyed Jacksonville that day. Um, now, moving on to a good thing that will be a very, very bad thing for later. We do know the wrong woman won in the NXT Women's Championship match, but I can say, at least from my perspective, no pun intended, Charlotte and Rhea Ripley did have a very physical affair. That came out wrong. I'm going to let it ride, though. It was a very, very physical matchup last night. Fantastic. It was a, it was a good battle. It was a good match. It was a, it was a solid match. I'll upgrade from good and go to solid. It was a solid physical battle. Wrong woman. Ruin. That's something we'll talk. We'll discuss a little bit later. 
I knew going in this was going to be a good match. Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, you know, the young gun and the veteran going at it, you know. It was a very, very, very well-booked match. Given the fact that Vince McMahon booked it, I still felt some type of way about it. Again, we'll discuss that a bit later. I'm going to need a lot of water for that segment, so stay tuned. Man, it, it was still good. It was still a good match. It was the kind of match that, you know, I, w- I, could, be, I could say for a women's championship match, I could be happy with. Easily be happy with. This was a, you know, the back and forth talking, the trash talk added a definite nice layer of uh, depth to the matchup, especially since there was no one else in there and there was no crowd. Um, you have to feel it somehow. And I think this, they did it. They were one of the, they had one of the matches where the trash talking within the match was just thumbs up from me. And also a plus, Rhea Ripley rocking rock Vegeta gear. Um, very, very nice DBZ-inspired theme for all the DBZ nerds out there. Very nice pickup. Um, yeah, she looked good. Yeah, outfit was clean last night. Definitely like the Vegeta-inspired thing. Um, the, I'm not going to discuss it now. But if you know Vegeta, you know sometimes, sometimes you cut that ass over. But, you know, very the gear was clean. I was, I was kind of confused as to why she was wearing white. I was like, why in the fuck? I mean, yeah, I know she's the baby face, but and I was like, Vegeta. <laughs> it, it was a, it was very nice, well done, um, good match. It, it was a solid match from Ripley and Flair, and then we get to the fun stuff a little bit later on. So that's gonna conclude the good that was WWE WrestleMania 36. Like I said even even in a average show, there was still some good that came out of WrestleMania. So. We're gonna take a short break, and then, well, first you've got if you gotta go to the bathroom, handle your business, walk your dog, you know, eat a snack, get a drink, a nice cold beverage after a long day's work, and then come on back, and we'll discuss the bad. That was WrestleMania 36, and this is where we begin to have fun. We'll be right back. back with episode 188 of the Young Lions Perspective, the good, the bad, and the ugly that was WrestleMania 36. And now, we get to talk about the bad. That was WrestleMania 36, and yes, there was some good. kind of listen to a theme with most pay-per-views anyway, from WWE. There was some good, but boy, was there a lot of bad. Oh, there was a lot of bad coming from this show. Oh, criticize it. It's just, you know, it's the fact that it's providing a distraction for us. Yeah, um, Chieftain, that's all well and good, but, um, I'm still going to talk about the highlights and the lowlights of WrestleMania 36, whether you like it or not. Goon pleb you. <laughs> but yes, there was a good amount of bad that came from this, and what I wanted to start off Braun Strowman is now a Universal Champion, and no one gives a fuck. Yep, night one. Thank God that wasn't the main event <laughs> of night one. 
four spears by Goldberg, Jackhammer. Actually, no, it wasn't even Jackhammer. It was it was reversed into a running power slam. Three more of those, and that was pretty much it. Um, I saw a tweet uh, that had the match time clocked at two minutes and eleven seconds. Braun Strowman is now a world champion, basically. And at this point, I don't give a fuck. There have been plenty of times in Braun Strowman's career years ago where if he had won the world championship, a lot of people, I think, would have been very, very happy at the call. Case in point, No Mercy 2017. I remember it like it was fucking yesterday. This was at, this was uh, during the run with uh, on the lead up to SummerSlam with Samoa Joe versus Brock Lesnar, Great Balls of Fire. And Samoa Joe not getting that. And then um, SummerSlam happened the Fatal 4-Way between Reigns, Strowman, Joe, and Lesnar. Lesnar retained there. Strowman then becomes a number one contender at No Mercy. And we all pretty much heard the rumor that he was gonna he was gonna be gone until the Royal Rumble. And I felt, I actually thought in my head, okay, maybe if this is the case and he wants to go back to the UFC, that maybe we should try out a run with Strowman for the title. It was as logical as logical can get. What happened? Lesnar retained. What a, And then pretty much stayed through the entirety of the remainder of 2017, going into the Royal Rumble, with I believe it was Rollins and Cena for the title in 2018. But Strowman now, especially coming off of losing the Intercontinental Championship, I believe like a little bit over a, over a month ago now. And he gets the spot. So now we're going to get Strowman versus Reigns once Reigns is pretty much okay with coming back into the WWE and facing Strowman for the title. Again, I understand why Reigns wasn't going to appear. Perfectly good good reason as to why. But now Strowman versus Reigns is the feud going forward. And I don't know what to, how to think of it this time around. Are they going to make Strowman a heel? Because it's eventually going to go back around the waist of Roman Reigns. We know this. We've always known this. But yeah, it it just doesn't seem to matter to me. I could care less at this point that Strowman is world champion, is a world champion. Yay. Now what? Because all you're doing is literally starting the countdown until Reigns take the championship away from Strowman. Whether they do it at Money in the Bank, whether they do it at, if they postpone shit, I don't know. But eventually... Strowman's going to lose the championship to Reigns. I'm going to laugh because then Strowman's looked at a loser once again. And from there we'll go. But yeah, I could give a fuck less about Strowman as, as champion. I could care less. We'll see how they book him. 
But as, as far as I see it, I don't really care. And nor should you. Now, it could just be me. But a good portion of the WrestleMania 36 card would have been better off being placed on a Raw or a SmackDown card. Honestly, they could have trimmed a lot of fat for this pay-per-view. <laughs> they really could have. You could have taken the women's tag team title match off. Aleister Black versus Bobby Lashley would have been better served on Raw. Elias versus King Corbin had no point. Had no reason at all to be on, uh, on the WrestleMania card. That was just a waste of my motherfucking time. A big waste of my fucking time. Uh, Natty Liv Morgan, no. Would have been better suited for a Raw card. Like, you still could have, honestly, had this be a one-night show. If you wanted to. I don't know. I, it's just a lot of the matches that were on the card just... Had no reason, didn't have enough build, or just didn't feel like anything of a WrestleMania matchup. And that goes into my next point. The lack of storylines on the build to WrestleMania was definitely shown this weekend. I get it, you know, injury, people not wanting to, uh, you know, perform because of coronavirus, fears. But but these two points really should hit home for a lot of y'all. Aleister Black, Bobby Lashley just happened on a win. Elias King Corbin was just a boring feud that would have been better served on a SmackDown feud. Well, no, a TV feud would have been nice. Um, the Street Profits, Austin Theory, Angel Garza tag match, that could have been better served on a, that would have been better served on a Raw. It really would have. Again, a lot of these matches on the card, like undercard matches, really would have been better off being on uh, being on Monday or Friday. And it showed. It really did. You know, seeing, like, of course, you know, the Edge and Randy Orton's Otis Dolph Ziggler is probably the most long-term thing they had going, honestly. And it came to a proper end. Um, Becky and Shayna had some storyline. Of course, Drew and Brock. Cena and Wyatt was pretty damn easy. But some of the matches really were just brought in, you know, in a span of like two, three weeks. Didn't have enough time to build. Didn't have enough time to actually get into a groove. Something we can sink our teeth into and invest in and um, it's just, uh, I don't know. It was just one of those things. It was just like those two points really just Just, I don't know. I get that they're trying to, you know, they're trying to, at least in this circumstance with two nights, they had to have a lot of filler. You know, but you could easily have um, trimmed a lot of fat off of this and you still could have had a really good card and you could have really knocked that out in five hours. Looking back at it, 
a lot of those matches you really could have taken off, put them on Raw, and then knock that out and keep it going. And that's kind of that's kind of a you know on WWE creative. You know, the fact that we didn't get Sasha Banks Bailey last night because of the fact that they couldn't do it in four weeks' time when they had more than enough time to build. You could have done you could have done, a, you could have done a really could have done a lot of stuff. I don't know. I mean the Raw Tag Team Championship look you know, lazy to me, even though I know Theory and Garza were trying to put their best effort forward. I don't know. It's just some of the some of the booking was just a little bit too, you know, just blah for my taste. I can't help that. You know, I'm not really interested in seeing an Aleister Black Bobby Lashley match at a WrestleMania. It's just not going to happen. Elias King Corbin is not going to excite me. The Women's Tag Team Championship was surprisingly better than I thought, but I just didn't really care too much because of the, uh, the tag team division, you know, for the women pretty much decimated way before we got to this point. And I would have, I would have liked to see night two be better than night one because in, just the way I see it, night one was better. I don't know. It's just something about night two that really didn't get going until we got to the triple threat ladder match. I don't know. At least night one, you know, had a little bit more something. I mean, it wasn't much, but of course the Boneyard match, you know, Strom win the championship. That's, I guess, cool. I don't fucking know. Sami Zayn, uh, Daniel Bryan, you know. I mean, night two had its moments, but night one overall was better. You know, I mean, the a couple of good things we talked about, you know, we already discussed in the last segment. But you just think about that when, you know, you're thinking about WrestleMania and you're really going back towards it in your mind. Is that they could have trimmed the fat of the card and that lack of storylines really hurt WrestleMania 36 and also affects my final grade, too. It did affect it a little bit. Um, not to the point where it would have you would have maybe considered it a disaster, but I think what I'm giving it this time around is a fair grade. Because if it had gotten if it was a little bit worse than what we were given, trust me when I tell you it would be in a very bad territory, one of the lowest grades it could have you could ever receive. Uh, at that point, it wasn't that, but it's a warning shot for 37. As much as I am glad. That Edge defeated Randy Orton. That last man standing match dragged on way too long for my taste. 40 minutes. I get it. You're trying to tell a story. But it it this you could have cut that by at least half. That thing went on. That match went on forever. Seriously, it went on forever.
like seriously. Just like I'm going over in my head, which is why you heard the silence there for a second. I'm just trying to think. They could have really cut a good. I mean, I get it. They're trying to find you know telling a story. You know, two men that were friends at Royal Rumble before, of course, Edge eliminated Randy Orton, and Orton felt out the way. All RKO, all that good stuff. You know, Beth getting RKO'd, all the fun stuff with the trimmings. But this, it really didn't need to be that long. It really didn't need to go 40, like, what was it? I think 36 and change. It went, the ending was great. On top of the trailer, you know, he finally, you know, somehow puts him, like, gets uh, Orton in the sleeper hold, does the concerto, referee counts out, you know, counts to 10, edge wins. Happy good times. Not going to be mad at that at all. A lot of spots in the match were crazy. Of course, him jumping off, uh, edge jumping off the scaffolding and through the table to Orton was pretty dope. You know, Orton coming out as the cameraman. That was a nice, that was a nice, nice detail there. But 40 minutes, 40 long minutes. I mean, damn. They were trying to get everything out of that orange to get that juice. They were trying to get all the juice they could get out of that match. I mean, yeah, it was crazy. It was absolutely nuts. But 40 minutes, I don't know. It was just, I mean, just, it could be me. You know, I could just be a dickhead and just be like, you know, but, whew, yeah, we really could have cut that down just a little bit. And probably one of the biggest things, bad-wise, that could come from WrestleMania 36, and this may be a little bit controversial, but then again, I say it's fucked up shit all the time, so this is something you got to deal with. Looks like Ronda Rousey is going to be the one to dethrone Becky Lynch and take the Raw Women's Championship. Man. And I'm going to talk about all this in the next segment because I think it really needs to be discussed on there because this is about as ugly as ugly can get. But I know I've heard there are reports about Vince not feeling Shayna Baszler, not digging it, you know, not what she brings to the table. And of course, you know, of course, the biggest piece of evidence on that was, you know, Vince changing plans that were the day of Royal Rumble. And instead of having Shano be booked to win, Charlotte was booked to win. That was one. And then, losing to Becky Lynch. So, if not Shayna, then who? I mean, who else can you put across the ring from Becky at this point? She's literally beaten every single person you've put in front of her in the division. And to tell the absolute honest truth, the Raw Women's Division ain't much. And Shayna decimated pretty much the entire division at Elimination Chamber. I mean, come on, it's pretty much 
elementary at this point. So we book Becky to retain. And we don't really have anyone else left, but we know we have one person in the back. That's Ronda Rousey. You don't think for one second that Vince would want Ronda to be the one to dethrone Becky and, uh, you know, get revenge for what happened at 35? When she will feel in her mind she got she never got pinned properly? Or something along those lines? I find it to be very disrespectful that Baszler was given the opportunity to become Raw Women's Champion only to be booked to lose. Damn. Nope, get out. Yeah, I can stoop it over here, Marley. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is your obligatory Marley moment of the show brought to you by Marley. Always wants to make sure, make sure you wash your hands, uh, drink your water, and make sure you get plenty of sleep throughout the night. Which is our, our three favorite things. Except she hates bats. But getting back into it, I think Vince wants Ronda to be the one to take that title. At this point, it's pretty evident that, you know, Ronda's going to probably, you know, make her comeback, you know, whenever the hell that happens. And. I don't know, because now, with everything that came went down last night, Ripley losing, uh, Belair showing up at Mania to attack Zelina Vega, um, Charlotte now NXT Women's Champion, Baszler losing against Lynch, Becky retaining, uh, not Becky, Bailey retaining her SmackDown Women's Championship. What do you do about the women's division going forward? What do you do? I guess the only piece we may know, I might as well just get my Alex Jones tinfoil hat on, is that they all they their money match was Ronda Becky too, because it's still because it's technically still the match we never got from Survivor Series last year. So maybe, just maybe, at SummerSlam. That's exactly what they're planning on doing. You know, considering what's going on, you know, with the coronavirus and everything. If SummerSlam goes down, then, um, guarantee that Becky Ronda may, shoot, they could be talking to Ronda right now as we speak and trying to get her in. You know, we don't know what's going on with that. But now it's basically evident that Ronda's going to be the one to take the title from Becky. How is that bad? Honestly, isn't she still on her impregnation vacation? She wants to have a kid or whatever? Then why not give the shot to Shayna and see what she can do with it? I mean, yes, she didn't have need to have Ronda there, but Shayna needed that victory a lot more than Becky did. A lot more than Becky did. And I don't know. That's going to conclude the bad 
for the good, the bad, and the ugly that was WrestleMania 36 because I just want to get, once we get into the ugly, I'll explain everything. And yes, you'll be expecting a rant. But taking into consideration that there was a lot more bad uh, with this show, I wanted to narrow it down and try to keep it as tight as possible. So it's wonderful view, wonderful for your listening pleasure. But the next segment, the ugly, that was WrestleMania 36. We address the state of the WWE women's division across the board. Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Stay tuned. Well, well, well. It's as if we're doing this all over again. There are points when I watch WrestleManias, and I've watched everyone since I think 32. And of course, there's always that one terrible booking decision that goes down every single year without fail that really just pisses off the masses and just somehow someway insults the intelligence of all who are watching unfortunately for WWE creative they did too and like I said at the end of the last segment this is all about the women's division Raw SmackDown NXT. Let's start off with SmackDown first, because we're gonna that's the easiest one to get out of the way. I honestly didn't give a damn shit or fuck about the SmackDown Women's Championship last night. Until it got down basically to Lacey, Bailey, and Sasha. Uh that sequence that eliminated Sasha was pretty damn good, which is pretty a nice little spot there. But in the end, luckily I smartened up and realized I needed to pick Bailey to uh, become to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship, so that we can get to SummerSlam for Bailey and Sasha. Hopefully, that's the hope I have for this feud to have legs. It's the only thing they have left. It's the only big story that they have left, and something we've been clamoring for for a very long time. And if they do it in Boston. Kind of looks like Josh is gonna have to be automatically face off rip. But WrestleMania deserved to have Sasha and Bailey. I think this is the right time to do it. A big money match at WrestleMania that a lot of people would have actually been clamoring for, that have been clamoring for it for years. And still, we have to wait until we get Sasha and Bailey. And it, it still worries me to the fact that I still don't think they'll book it. Now, I'm not necessarily saying they have to book it as dope as their match from TakeOver Brooklyn was. I'm not saying that. But I would want their booking to be on the level of that. That's kind of what I would be hoping for. And they they did have plenty of time from 
you know, the end of the Royal, you know, the night after the Royal Rumble until literally, you literally had the, what, two months? At least? To build? You mean to tell me that, you know, you, they didn't have enough time to build it? You could have immediately started from the night, well, well, I should say the SmackDown after Rumble in February and start from there. Figure it out as you must, but still. The only reason they didn't do it is because they didn't probably want to. Especially with the story we had talked about, they didn't have enough time for four weeks. You know, they didn't have enough. They didn't feel four weeks of build was enough. Now, if they were going to go to the summer down the SummerSlam route, fine. I can deal with that. But for the life of me, it would have made a ton more sense to uh, have Sasha Banks and Bailey go down. Honestly, because Bailey already beat Lacey. Bailey beat Naomi. Tamina was just a wild card that to me is a non-factor. She got eliminated first, which shows you how much they really gave a fuck about Tamina. And if it was a six-pack challenge, more than likely, Dana Brooke would go first, Tamina go right quick second. Or you could just flop those two. But I didn't care about the match because the only thing I wanted to see was Bailey versus Sasha. Now, again, if they were planning on simply, you know, waiting for it, that's fine. I could live with that. Because there's still more story to be told. And that's fine with me. But you also could have told that story a lot better leading up to WrestleMania. Because Bailey versus Sasha, to me personally, is a WrestleMania-worthy match. If given the proper build. They didn't pull the trigger. I don't know if they were worried that it, was, it wasn't going to work. The whole enough to, four weeks build, all that bullshit, that's bullshit. All of it's bullshit. Because, again, from the night, of Royal, night after Royal Rumble until... The week of WrestleMania, I guarantee you they had more than enough time to build something between Sasha and Banks and Bailey. Like, let's be fucking real with this shit. Who else in that division do you get excited about? What's your money match in SmackDown right now? Sasha Banks Bailey. Pretty fucking easy when you get to that point. Now, again, like I said, I'm fine with waiting longer. If they're going to do it for SummerSlam, so be it. But they have to make sure this rivalry has a story once we get to the rivalry point. And that, if I'm, if I were booking it right now, May would just begin the buildup towards Money in the Bank. You know, Get through, you know, Money in the Bank. If we're still doing Money in the Bank. Get through Money in the Bank. You know, I don't know if you have Sasha win that. Who knows? Maybe you have her win it. And then have her, you know, have that tension start to build. And then maybe at SummerSlam, Bailey is a defense. She defends a championship. Sasha comes in. Bang! Cashes in. In Boston. SummerSlam weekend. Booyakasha. You can go that route. And I wouldn't even be mad at you for it if you did. So. 
I'm gonna hold I'm holding out SmackDown's like the one I'm holding out hope on. For the most, because I think they have something with Bailey and Sasha there. So they do have something going forward into the new calendar year. Air quotes around that. We then move on to Raw. And the state of the Raw women's division now is me is dead. After all we went through. Shayna making her debut. Bot taking a chunk out of Becky Lynch's neck. Being some type of vampire shit. Okay. And then you get to... No, Royal Rumble. Doesn't win that because... Vince McMahon changed plans the day of giving Charlotte the victory. Piss poor choice in that. Are we building stars or are we just, you know, fucking them over upon their arrival to the main roster? We, of course, then go to Elimination Chamber where they booked Baszler properly into an actual killer. And then going into WrestleMania, the consensus was pretty much it was time for a new Raw Women's Champion. It was right there in their face. I think they knew it. And then Becky Lynch retains. On a hold that Baszler easily could have gotten out of. If they were booking it properly, of course. Thing is, though, they didn't. They didn't do it. They had no balls and they didn't pull the trigger on Baszler. You have no one else in the fucking division. No one credible, at least, to take the title off of Becky Lynch now. No one. Who, who, who in that division is believable now? After what we saw at Elimination Chamber and now Baszler losing at WrestleMania 36. Liv Morgan? Nah. Natty? No. Ruby Riot? No. Asuka? Not really. Not anymore, at least. Kyrie? No. Alexa or Nikki? Not really. Who else we got? Sarah Logan? No. There's no one else in that division that was capable of dethroning the women's champion and capable of being that uh, crown jewel in the women's division more than Shayna Baszler. Becky Lynch's run had gotten stale. Stale. Stale as true weak old bread. 
You mean to tell me that Lynch's reign is worth retaining over establishing a new star in Shayna Baszler? This is what we do here now. I don't give a fuck. Because in my eyes, I don't give a fuck about the Royal Women's Division now. You have nothing to build. You have Becky Lynch in the division and everyone the fuck else. Everyone, pretty much everyone that Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler have destroyed. Becky Lynch has literally cleared out the women's division. And now Shayna Baszler looks like a failure. An absolute failure. I won't go as far as saying she got buried. But it's pretty damn fucking evident they didn't see Baszler as the as the queen of the Raw Women's Division. They didn't see her as that top lady. And it still boggles my fucking mind. How creative doesn't, how Vince McMahon doesn't see like money in Sheena Baszler. But then again, I forgot Vince doesn't watch NXT. So he probably didn't even watch the dominant, two dominant title rings that she had in NXT. Her second one being her better one. She is a beast and everyone saw that in NXT. Upon her arrival, we were kind of questioned at the fact that, you know, she turned into a vampire. Shangrel, as Nick affectionately called it. And, I mean, I'm bothered by the fact that that we all knew a changing of the guard was needed and they decided to pretty much tell us, go fuck ourselves. Because now, like I said, at the end of last segment, they're waiting on Ronda Rousey. That's exactly who they're waiting on. No one else. It was Shayna's time. They needed Shayna Baszler to become the new champion. Because, again, who are we going to put in front of Becky? Now, with, you know, what happened with uh, Bianca Belair, some people are probably going to speculate that she may be coming up to the main roster, especially helping her uh, husband and Montez Ford's uh, partner, Angela Dawkins, after uh, the attack by uh, Theory, Garza, and Zelina Vega. But it just boggles my fucking mind how you have a clear-cut new champion right in front of your face and you decide to not give her the title. Now, I could easily look up the article. We could easily look it up. Do, 
We can take it back to March 6th. You know, she was that, you know, she was the, now Vince McMahon was quite negative on a, on a Baszler. That, you know, he had reportedly given up on her. You know, having doubts about her. And now we can basically say all of that was true. That Vince McMahon was not even close to being sold on Shayna Baszler. And it clearly stems all the way back to earlier this earlier last month, where Baszler had a match with Kyrie Sane, and it didn't get the reaction that Vince McMahon kind of wanted. So for that, he pretty much cut the throat on anything that Baszler was going to do, have her go about her business and not give her the title. Now, again, that's two. Had her, win, had her book to win the Royal Rumble match, decided to go with Charlotte. Maybe, I guarantee you, he probably thought about giving Baszler the championship and said, nope, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to fucking do it. Fuck what the fans want. I'm going to get what I want. Now, again, Rousey Lynch is something that I have wanted to see. And I would have liked to see it, and they had their chance to do it last year. WrestleMania 35, Lynch versus Rousey for the Raw Women's Championship. That's all we needed. And, of course, we had to insert Charlotte into the equation for um, some godforsaken reason. Screw Asuka again. And then we get the triple threat match that was literally a shit show and didn't deserve main event billing. Now, one year later, you started up another shitstorm. And now you have you're gonna have people believing excuse me. That all the all the rumors about, you know. All the reports about Vince having doubts on Shayna Baszler, not satisfied with Shayna Baszler, not sold on Shayna Baszler, is officially true. He's not sold. He had his doubts, and now he confirmed it with not giving Shayna the championship. It was Shayna's time. You all knew it. I knew it. And still, for some ungodly reason, We'd rather get, you know, and speaking of Charlotte, now that we got Charlotte in the equation, oh God, did we really need Charlotte Flair as women's champion of NXT? No. Especially with the report coming out from theringreport.com, and I'm just going to make my case with this. From the ringreport.com, Charlotte Flair says she will defend the NXT Women's Championship across all three brands. This may not sit well with some of the NXT faithful, but new NXT Women's Champion Charlotte Flair has revealed that she plans on defending the title on NXT, Raw, and SmackDown. Find out more. Oh, we shall. 
This is from War Machine. Charlotte Flair defeated Rhea Ripley to become the new NXT Women's Champion to open night two of WrestleMania. But it doesn't mean the Queen is going to make the black and gold brand her permanent kingdom. Charlotte's victory came as quite a surprise because most of us assumed the win would mean she returned to NXT full-time. But it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Ahead of his full interview with the new champ this Thursday, Talk Sports' Alex McCarthy has revealed that Flair intends to defend the title on NXT, Raw, and SmackDown. And this is from his Twitter. Quote, I just spoke to Miss Charlotte WWE. The new NXT Women's Champion says she plans to defend the title across all three brands and is excited at the prospect of facing the talented women in NXT. Also says she's only scratched the surface with Rhea Ripley. End quote. While this is most likely being done to bring more eyes to NXT, it may not sit very well with the black and gold brand faithful who view the developmental brand as being just as important as the main roster shows and feel a full-time member of the roster should hold the gold. Defend the title across all three brands, huh? Is that what we're going to do? Is that what's going to make help NXT's women's title look relevant? By not only giving it to a main roster, main roster talent, but also now having her compete for it against all three brands? Is this what we're doing here? Is this what we're going to do in 2020? Is that your plan? If that's the plan, God help us. Charlotte, like I said on Friday, did not need this victory. She didn't. Rhea needed this more. Rhea easily needed this victory. She definitely needed it. To not only establish herself as a future star of WWE, but as the head of the women's division on NXT. I get it. I fucking get it. They're doing it to try to get ratings, but when you're be get, you've been getting smoked by AEW, literally a majority, a pretty much a damn good majority, ever since October, I don't think Charlotte Flair as NXT Women's Champion is going to help you. What makes matters worse is that Vince McMahon booked this entire thing. He had his hands all over this feud and we reported it. I don't know how Triple H probably felt about it. We may never know. But if I'm Triple H and I'm hearing that Vince wants to book my title, my women's title feud on WrestleMania, there really needs to be one thing and one thing done when all is said and done. Rhea Ripley retains. You make her look like a transitional champion. You could establish you could establish the division and have someone take the title off of Charlotte. What the fuck was the you know what the fuck was the problem before Rhea Ripley won the championship? Having Charlotte as a notch on her belt. That came out wrong. You know, as a, you know, win in her ledger establishes her as this is her division now. And ain't no main roster talent going to come down to NXT and take it from me. This, this is what we do.
This this is not going to work out well in the long run. Charlotte is a main roster talent. Why is she? Why? I get the concept of going after the, you know, going after Charlotte. That's fine. But ain't no way you could tell me that Charlotte winning makes it, makes it good. If ratings is the only reason they're doing this, they should have never done it in the first place. You make, again, you make Ripley look like a transitional champion. You had shit going so smooth. Just look at the talent you had before Charlotte even came into the picture. Ripley, Belair, Candice LeRae, Mia Yim, Dakota Kai, Io Shirai, Chelsea Green, Diana Perrazzo, Shotzi Blackheart, Tegan Knox. You had your, and you were starting to build that with plenty more in the PC to, that was just waiting in the wings. The division thrived before Charlotte, and it would have thrived without her. This is a, this is disgusting. I'm telling you, the women's division was just fine. But now think about it. Pretty much, like, you might as well just, you know, unless, the only way, honestly, because now you have that number one, you know, number one contenders ladder match. That's supposed to come up um, next Wednesday? Right? And the winner of that is going to face Charlotte for the title. Barring a rematch from Rhea. Do you honestly believe that you have Charlotte losing that championship match with against a Tegan Knox, against a Mia Yim, against a Chelsea Green, a Dakota Kai? Do you? Because I don't. Who else did they? Who else did they brought down? They brought down Sasha and Bailey. Well, actually, no, that was way before that. But even when you brought down main roster talent to NXT, did the, did the needle jump much? Not really. I don't watch NXT live anyway, because my mind is because my mind's focused on AEW. But yeah, but seriously, Charlotte taking this championship definitely hurts the division because now you're going to get that thought of okay well Charlotte's not dropping the title anytime soon since she's the golden girl of WWE 11 time champion 11 time women's champion you hurt Ripley's stock big time you stopped everything and you were going to do with that I'm sure Triple H had a, a perfect title run for her and they had a, and she and they had and she had enough opponents to do it Candice LeRae matchup would be very very spicy EO, Dakota, Tegan. You had options. But now, Charlotte's NXT Women's Champion again. Now what do we do? 
I don't think this is going to work out the way they think it's going to. And when it doesn't and it blows up in their face, I'm going to be laughing. Y'all are probably going to laugh with me. And some of y'all are going to be like, Charlotte didn't need this. Rhea did. And now not only have you hurt Shayna's stock, you've hurt Rhea's stock. Because you didn't believe in Shayna. And you make Rhea look like a transitional champion that was holding the title just for Charlotte. The state of the women's division before WrestleMania was already in disarray. Now, look at the state of where we are now. The situation just got a lot worse. So that is going to conclude the good, the bad, and the ugly for episode 188 of the Young Lions Perspective. And now we get into the awards session of the program, my favorite. So, match of the weekend, I think is pretty damn obvious. I'm going to go, and of course I'm going with the Boneyard match between The Undertaker and AJ Styles. This was clearly the best match, whether it was cinematic or not. This, they knocked it out of the goddamn park and left no doubt that this should have literally been a been a proper main event for WrestleMania 36. They left no doubt. Because if you think about it, had Strowman Goldberg went on last, nobody would have cared about that shit. And that was gonna be your lasting image from night one? Nah. You needed the Boneyard match to cap off night one. And they did it in proper fashion. And I am very proud of the of you know the eight hours they put in to make this a fucking banger of a main event for night one of WrestleMania 36. Hands down, the match of the weekend without question. Congratulations to Undertaker and AJ Styles. Of course, AJ Styles on your first main event. Taker, I believe your fifth. And Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson also got to have their first main event on WrestleMania. So that's always a win for everybody. In terms of the worst match of the weekend... I'm sure there are plenty of obvious ones, but I'm going to go with a tie. I have a tie. Elias and King Corbin and Aleister Black and Bobby Lashley. Both those matches were shit. Those matches would have been better served on a Raw or SmackDown. These matches were literally filler. They were in dead spots. Um, I know King Corbin, I know Corbin and Elias was definitely in a dead spot. But, um, yeah, there was no reason to have these matches on the, on the WrestleMania card. You could have put Drew Gulag and Cesaro on, on the uh, on the main on the main main card, and I would have been perfectly happy with that. Trim the fat. Do not put matches in that only have two weeks build or a match no one gives an absolute fuck about. And both of these matches fit that criteria. Excuse me. Which leads us to one of the biggest show, biggest awards from yours truly, the YLP WrestleMania 36 MVP. I, I, I hold this MVP in high regard, in high regard, and, and to be truthfully honest, I did not, I actually had this blank. And I wrote three simple letters as my MVP just now. W-W-E. 
is the MVP of WrestleMania 36. Despite all the not not being able to perform at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay, Florida, to doubts as to where they would possibly cancel WrestleMania, postpone WrestleMania. Vince McMahon actually had the balls to keep it moving and give us something that at least for six and a half hours over this weekend was able to captivate us and actually keep us be a distraction, you know, whether the matches be good, shit, um, moments, you know, that we won't forget for quite a while. WWE did their job. And in a time of crisis, they stepped up to the plate and at least gave us something worthwhile. Gave us something to watch. You know, and was able to at least for a while, at least for just a little while, help us, you know, keep our minds off how how crazy the world has come. And stop hoarding damn fucking toilet paper, you goons. Save some for the rest of us. It's real shit. But yeah, I mean, this is without a doubt the easiest award I can hand out. And WWE, I'm handing my YLP WrestleMania 36 MVP over to you. Thank you for being able to provide a, a distraction for all of us to watch six and a half hours over two days. We appreciate you. And I don't know how much you have taped going forward, but I know you have at least Raw tonight and maybe SmackDown Live on Friday. I know NXT at least has their episode tape for this week. But we do appreciate what you have done. You know, despite all the bullshit you had to go through in order to make it, WrestleMania still went down. It still happened, even though under unique settings, it still happened. And for that, we thank you. Which leads me to my final grade as we close the book. On WrestleMania 36. This. Looking at all. Looking at both nights. Night 1 and Night 2. Night 1. Obviously was better than Night 2. And they gave it the good old college try. This WrestleMania was not their best. Not by a long shot. This could have this wasn't even their worst, not by a long shot. But it was simply a good distraction that turned out to be an average show. Both nights. Matches that honestly didn't deserve to be on the card. Finishes that honestly didn't deserve to have be booked the where they were. But at least we had a banger of a triple threat match. Both the Boneyard and the Firefly Funhouse matches definitely did their job on both fronts. Drew McIntyre is now WWE Champion. Kevin Owens is an absolute fucking nut. With all that being said, though, I think the best grade I can honestly give WrestleMania 36 is a C-. A C-. 
as I not C plus C minus run of the mill average again a lot of you know the pre-show match I mean the Drew Gulak Zoro match way too fucking short the Nanani Liv Morgan match made no fucking sense um Aleister Black you know I mean the Otis deal always a good ending um Edge Orton went a bit too long for my taste but I'm glad Edge got that victory Gronk and Mojo I could give a fuck less and then Titus was just no better um the Raw Tag Team Championship was better would have been better served on Monday Night Raw the Fatal 5-Way Elimination only got good when it was Lacey, Sasha, and Bailey. Um, and in the last two matches of Night 1 and of uh, Night 2, and the Boneyard match, the SmackDown, you know, Triple Threat Ladder match for the Tag Team Championships, the Rollins-Owens match, the second part of the matchup was actually damn good. And that was pretty much what I could take away as good positives. A lot of that does factor into it. I mean, yeah, you know, I should just enjoy the show for what it is, but I'm still going to criticize the show. That doesn't stop. Never has and never will stop. And luckily for them, a lot of, you know, those matches at the top, that Boneyard match, that Firefly Funhouse match, that Triple Threat Ladder match, uh, Sammy and Drew, Sammy and Daniel, I think was decent. But, I mean... Of course, the Firefly Funhouse, the uh, Lesnar McIntyre was passable. But all, take all the rest of that into account. And you got a C-minus card for me. A C-minus show at best. Hopefully, next year, 37 in LA will be ab- an absolute gem of a show. Especially given the fact that it's going to be the first big show um, they get. That SoFi Arena does get. So, hopefully, when we get to that point, you know, we'll be talking about, hopefully, next year, we'll actually be talking about something other than a very unique WrestleMania. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude episode 188 of the Young Lions Perspective, the good, the bad, and the ugly. That was WrestleMania 36. We're going to take a little tiny break, short break, none too crazy, just a few seconds. And now we're going to close off the show in proper YLP fashion and get you ready for episode 189 of the YLP podcast. We'll be right back. Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 188 of the Young Lions Perspective. The good, the bad, and the ugly. That was WrestleMania 36. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening. Wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. Please do make sure to check out my Patreon. Uh, exclusive how WWE should have booked WrestleMania 36 over on patreon.com slash wrestle addict radio. Of course, if you if you are considering joining the wrestle addict radio Patreon, uh, you can of course get exclusive chat, um, exclusive content. Of course, you won't hear anywhere else but on Patreon. Of course, Love and War, the Fade Five from Frets, now My Secret Files podcast, and all that good stuff. 
of course, I believe right now it's still we are still on free Patreon exclusives. But if you are considering joining the Patreon squad, five dollars a month is all it takes. Seventeen cents a day will get you access to all that exclusiveness, and of course, future discounts on merch. Just letting you guys know. Um, at our Teespring uh, store over on Teespring.com, you can search for Wrestle Attic Radio there. But if yeah, if you are considering it, again, Patreon.com/slash Wrestle Attic Radio. Check out the check out all the exclusives there. And we hope to see you over there very, very soon. If you have any thoughts, opinions about WrestleMania 36, if you think I missed something on either of the good, the bad, and the uglies, or if you just want to rant with me about certain things, make your voice heard. Sound off. Hit us up with a voice message on anchor.fm slash WrestleAddictRadio. If you're going to talk to me personally, put YLP and then whatever you're going to be talking about. And if I like it enough, I'll have no problem featuring it on a future episode of the YLP podcast. Of course, if you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the Young Lions perspective. Share this episode across all your social media. Of course, we got plenty of time on our hands. And um, yeah, I think it would be really cool if you uh, let a friend know to know about me and about the YLP podcast, considering the fact that we're going into the new year for WWE. And um, yeah. All that good stuff. All that good stuff. Just mm, gotta love it, you know. Because in times like these, it definitely does does help to support your favorite podcasters, especially Russell Attic Radio. I think we got the best team in the business, bar none, with myself, uh, R- King Ricky Rose, you know, Kate Murphy, Will, Nate, Fredsy, and Mance. I think we got the best team around, and I definitely think you know supporting the Russell Attic Radio movement is definitely something I would be all for. Um, yeah, because not only are we the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast, but trust me when I tell you, when you put the YLP universe and the War Nation together, we are the alternative for professional wrestling podcasts and that we are here to stay. Now, I know most of y'all do not have the Anchor app, and that's okay with me. I know most of y'all do not have the Anchor app and have other streams, podcast services for your listening pleasure, but if you think we're just one dimensional team and we just have the anchor app to rely on to get our listens, no, 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 no. No, sir. You can find not only, of course, the YLP podcast, but also the Kings of the Rings podcast, as well as the Game Changer podcast and the Gift of Podcast with Mance. Well, I believe it's under a name changer, but that's just rumor. It's a rumor. It's a rumor. It's a rumor. It's a rumor. But yeah, you can still find all our podcasts across several different platforms, including. Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Castbox FM, Overcast, Radio Public, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify fam. Search for the Young Lions perspective across all these different platforms. You should have no problem finding them whatsoever. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast, when I'm going to put out shows, live tweeting, all that good stuff. Of course, let's begin with the Twitter machine. You can follow me over there at Suede Senator War. That's S U E D E S E N A T O R, capital W, capital A, capital R. I do live tweeting for mostly AEW Dynamite, SmackDown Live. And I will be live tweeting. Well, by the time you probably hear this, Raw will be on. But I will be live tweeting for Raw tonight. It's the Raw After Mania. And. Usually, as per tradition, I do check out both Raw and SmackDown 
after Manius to see what possibly they will be going into for the so for the new calendar year. Air quotes all around that. So I will be live tweeting tonight for Monday Night Raw. It's a rare occasion, so if you want to know what my thoughts are with the current product on Raw, God help me on that. Follow me over there, Swain Senator War. And of course, I do live tweet for every WWE, every NXT and NXT UK TakeOver special, every AEW live pay-per-view. And once we get New Japan back into the fold and I have woken up at 3.30 in the morning because I had to go to the bathroom and I can't go back to sleep, I do live tweeting for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. If you want to follow me over on my Instagram, which is pretty much the mothership of everything that is the YLP universe, you can follow me over there at young underscore lions underscore perspective. Um, I've been kind of shitty on the updates lately, and that's my bad. Um, I do do updates as a winner. I'm putting shows out. Uh, memes, trying to find memes, spicy memes, all the good memes. Um, <laughs> and just keeping up with you guys with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast as a whole, as well as everything that's going on with war. With the new calendar year for Raw, it's a new calendar year for me as well. WrestleMania is over. Meh. So, now we get to rock with that. But, you can follow me on both of those platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP Podcast. Make it looking over my judges to make sure I fulfill all my obligations and I am good to go. So, episode 189 of the Young Lions Perspective. We, of course, are in post-WrestleMania week and that means we get to look back at last week this week where i'm going to be talking about last week's episode of nxt including that triple threat match for the north american championship between keith lee dominic dijakovic and damian priest which i heard was i pretty much saw on twitter that it was a straight up banger of a matchup uh and nxt actually had a good episode last week so i'm gonna be taking a look at that and then we'll be discussing all of that on tomorrow's episode going as we get further into the new calendar year for the wwe other than that, guys, that's all I got. Enjoy the rest of your night. Um, enjoy Raw as best as you possibly can. I will try to, my best to not have my brain pretty much splurter into a million pieces. So, with that being said, guys, enjoy the rest of your night. If you're going to be watching Raw, enjoy Raw as best as you possibly can. And then I'll see you guys right back here as we discuss NXT. Last week, this week, for episode 189 of The Young Lion's Perspective. See ya!